for him at first and just say good morning and just kind of recap a little bit of the teaching that you did last week. So good morning. Uh, welcome for those of you that are joining us via Facebook Live. Uh, here's the great thing about technology. Uh, we don't have to ever try to put anybody's life at risk. Uh, in order to share the word. So we went up this morning, uh, as Pastor Sean, I believe, already said, and the conditions just were not conducive to asking people to uh, come out. The parking lot was like it was snowy and icy. We had spoken with the uh, operations person at the hotel. They were trying to break up ice and put salt down. And the truth of the matter is, I just simply did make the decision after talking with Pastor Sean that it just wasn't worth uh, putting people's... Um, life at risk. We have technology. We should be utilizing it. And so today, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to share with you uh, some of the things we talked about last week and um, really just about the importance of the word. I think that's what you said we were going to talk about today. Uh, and so last week, um, I was really compelled uh, under the, the unction of the Holy Ghost, if you will, to just share uh, with our church you know, about the direction we were going to be going in in 2018 in terms of what God wants to do for us. Uh, and the truth of the matter is that, that God has always uh, wanted the best for his children. He's always wanted us uh, to be in good health, to live strong, to prosper, to have good families, have good relationships. Uh, and so that's what we talked about uh, a lot on last week. And we talked about how do we get our faith aligned to what God wants to do with our life. And so, um, you know, I've heard from a lot of you who said you enjoyed the message uh, last week. So I appreciate that. Uh, but I don't want you to just enjoy the message. I want you to actually do something with that message. Uh, one of the things I think that we talked about last week uh, that I'll just start in with was this idea about the difference between obedient faith and creative faith. Uh, and I was explaining last week that obedient faith is the kind of faith that you, you have to exercise it in order for it to work, but typically it's the kind of faith where God asks us to do something uh, with that which we already have. And I use the example that if, if, if the Lord says to you, hey, I want you to go and I want you to pick someone up uh, from work, uh, and, and maybe it's even in the opposite direction that you would have to go to work. You still have to obey God uh, in, in order to in order for for that to work, right? You have the car, you have the ability, but you still have to obey God in order for it to work. But we started talking about this thing called creative faith, and this creative faith is where when the Lord uh, asks you to do something, and what He's asking you to do, you don't have the means to do it, you don't have the logic to do it, you don't have the the know how to do it. Uh, but what you know is that God never ask you to do something that he that he that you can't do. Uh, and so we started talking about this idea of creative faith being faith at the next level. Uh, and so Pastor Shun uh, has been studying that all this week. And, and, and actually, she was going to teach uh, this week. Uh, and, and, and then we kind of went back and forth. And so I'm really glad. I'm not glad that we don't have service this morning uh, where we get to see each other. But I am glad it kind of worked this way because I want her to share uh, some of the things really that she took away from the message, uh, because I always think it's, it's good when people internalize something and then they can share it back. So uh, we're going to take just a moment, let Pastor Sean kind of just just talk to us about, number one, the importance of the because if you don't have the word of God in your life, if you don't know what God is asking you, 
to do and what he's promised he'd do for you, then when God asks you to go beyond to the next level to believe him, uh, sometimes that can be difficult. And so uh, as believers, 2018 is our year to dig into the word because we've been guaranteed by the word of God that this is our year of victory and it's going to be a year filled with hope and prayer. But so 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 if you're believing that then you you have to you have to make the decision to get into the word. So all right with that being said I just wanted to kind of recap um some of the things that really stuck out to me it's one of my favorite things that um Pastor Edwin says all the time is that faith starts where the will of God is known. And so one of the things that really stood out to me is that if you are a believer and you don't make the word a priority, you're going to be hard pressed to know what it is that God is actually saying to you. And so what you'll do is you'll come to church and you'll hear that it's supposed to be your year of great victory, but you won't actually sit down and get involved in the word and let the word get in your heart and let the word grow up on the inside of you so that you can know what God desires to do in your life. And you'll see other people getting blessed and other people getting healed and other people getting promoted and other people getting married and other people getting delivered. And then you'll be like, oh my goodness, what about me? But you got to do more than just shout if you wanted to live in victory. You got to do more than just come to church if you want to live in victory. Joshua says that you have to meditate on the word day and night so that you will have courage and that you will make your way prosperous and have good success. And so I thought it was really important when he says that faith starts where the will of God is known. And so I am going to piggyback off of that today and really just talk about how it just reminded me of how important it is to remember about the power of the word and to give your attention to the word of God. It's so important for you to give your attention to the word of God. So we're going to kind of act like we're in church in this sense. We're going to pray. We're going to make our faith confession. If you're home with your family, Starbucks or whatever, I challenge you to still make your faith confession because you are um, the sum total of your most dominant thoughts and your words. And so it's so important for you to say what the word of God is saying about you. All right. So we're going to pray and then we're going to make our faith confession. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for FOC. We thank you for the technology that allows us to be able to minister the word, even when we can't physically gather together. We thank you for every family that is represented in FOC. We declare blessings and health and peace and life over them. We declare that their children are saved, that their children are prosperous and whole. We thank you that you have good plans for us. And God, we have an expectation that as we hear the word today, that we are going to be forever changed by it because your word is an incorruptible seed that does not return unto you void. And we believe that we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Amen. we're going to make our confession. And so you just repeat it after me like we were in church. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. I have what it says I have. Today I will be taught the word of God. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My mind receptive. My heart is receptive. And I will never be the same again. And I will never be the same again. Because. Because. Incorruptible. The incorruptible. Indestructible. Indestructible. Word of God. Word of God. Is at work in me. Is at work in me. Therefore I declare. Therefore I declare. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That today. That today. Is. Is. My receiving day. My receiving day. And I expect to receive. And I expect to receive. Amen. Amen. Anytime you sit down and open up your word or you are listening to somebody else preach or you're meditating on the word of God, you ought to expect 
to receive. Amen. You ought to expect the word to do what it said it would do. So I just want to begin to walk you through what scripture says about the word because I think it's really important because I think if you're not careful, you can go to church so long and you can forget who you are. You can forget that you've been made a new creature. You can forget that you have the authority to speak those things and call those things that be not as though they were. And then you can end up living an average life when you've been called to live a supernatural life. So we're going to start in Acts, the 20th chapter and the 32nd verse. Acts, the 20th chapter and the 32nd verse. Acts 20 and 32. And for all my good scribes out there, amen, I see Kristen's on here, Pastor Ellen's on here. If you could put those scriptures up so that people can see them, um, not the whole word, but just the scripture. Um, Acts 20 and 32. I'm going to read it out of the King James verse. It says, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So it says, this is the Apostle Paul. He's talking to the church at Acts, and he says, here's what I do. I commend you. I entrust you to God. I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do two things, which is able to build you up. And to give you an inheritance. It lets you know that God has a plan for you. That wherever you're broken, he wants to build you up. But he also wants you to share your inheritance with the rest of the saints. So it says when you're going to the word, you should be looking for how the word is going to build you up. Do you have grief? Well, how does the word want to build you up and get you back to peace? Do you have sadness? How does the word want to build you up and get you back to joy? Do you have brokenness? How does the word want to get you back to whole? In John 8, it says that the word, Jesus, the word makes you free. And so the, it says, he says, I'm commending you to the word because the word has the power to build you up and to give you your inheritance. So many times, if we're not careful, we're so busy talking about everything that's wrong, how poor we are, how sad we are, how there aren't any good relationships out there, what the economy is doing, what's going on in life. But he says, remember, the word is here to build you up and to give you an inheritance. If we were at church, I would say, turn and tell your neighbor, turn and tell your neighbor, I'm being built up and I have an inheritance. It's so important for you to be, to partner with the word of God in terms of belief leaving it to know that you have been, that the word wants to build you up. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how sad you are. It doesn't matter how depressed you are. The word of God has the power to build you up. It has the power to build you up. You want to jump in here and say something? Amen. So we're looking at the word wants to build us up and it wants to give us our inheritance among the saints. So God wants you to be built up and he wants you to have everything that he always intended for you to have before an enemy came and brought you brokenness. So God wants to put you and I in the place that we would have been in had sin not interfered in our life. So when we're talking about being in this season of great victory, we're talking about God putting us in the place that we would have been had there not been sin, had your father not left, had your mother not disappointed you, had you not got your heart broken, had you not failed the class, had you not been rejected, because he wants to build you up and give you an inheritance. Amen? And, and, and here's, the, here's the reason that that is so important. Here, here's why it's important that you understand 
that indeed God wants to build you up. And it's the reason that we are always telling people that you have to hear what God is saying. There's a scripture in Psalms 119 and 96. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, I know Kristen's on here. Kristen and I, every time this scripture is read in church, we, we glance over at each other if we're together. Because what it says is this. It says, I have seen that everything human has its limit and has its end. It says, in, in, in the, one, the one version of the Bible, the Amplified version, I believe, says, no matter how extensive, noble, or excellent it may be, everything human has its limit. Everything human is going, at some point, it's going to come to an end. It says, but your word is exceedingly broad. Hallelujah. It says, and it extends uh, without limits even into eternity. Now think about that. Everything human has its, has its end. It has a limit to it. No matter how, how excellent it is, no matter how noble it is, it, it doesn't matter. If it's human, it has an end. It says, but God, your word is exceedingly broad. It says it's so broad that it goes beyond any other limit, even into eternity. So when God makes you a promise, it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter what's currently going on on in your life, you have to be able to grab hold to the word that God gave you and know that that word is, it, it goes beyond any natural circumstances. It goes beyond what may be currently happening in your life. The word of God is exceedingly broad and it goes beyond anything we can think Amen. even into eternity. Amen. Amen. And that's really important for you to understand. That's one of my favorite scriptures too. Everything natural has its limits. So it means if you've been diagnosed with something, that diagnosis has a limit, but the word of healing is exceedingly broad and it goes beyond what the diagnosis does. If your credit score says X, the word that you're provided for is exceedingly broad. It goes beyond the limitations of what's going on in the natural. And as a believer, you're going to have to choose which world you're going to live in. Are you going to live your life based on the kingdom of God? Or are you going to live your life based on natural things? Are you going to live your life based on what they said? Or are you going to live your life based on what he said? In Isaiah, it says, whose report will we believe? We believe the report of the Lord. And everybody who is believing God to have a year of great victory, you have to make a quality decision to take God at his word. You have to believe that the word has the power to do exactly what he says it has the power to do. You know, and that's the thing that makes it so challenging to be a believer, especially when you live in a natural world, because the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And the Bible says that we actually have dual citizenship, that even though we live here, we have access to heaven. And so many believers are living beneath your privileges because you're more focused on what they said than what he said. In fact, you don't even know what he said, but you're fully convinced about what they said. And so it's so important for us to decide that we believe the word of the Lord. We choose to believe. And I think this is so important. Pastor Edwin, talk just for a second about how believing is a choice. Yeah. You know, the Bible says in, I believe it's Mark 9, 29 and 23, it says, if thou canst believe, 
then all things. Now notice he says this, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believing is a choice. You and I uh, have the ability with our mind to make a decision on what we choose to believe. Amen. The reason that people can believe something that is erroneous, the reason that people can believe something that has been proving to be uh, to be uh false is because they make a choice. You and I made a choice to give our lives, those of us that are saved, those of us that are born again, we made a choice to choose to believe in a Messiah that none of us have physically seen. We made a decision to base our life on, on principles, rules, and guidelines, and beliefs without having really any uh, sense realm knowledge other than what we can read or what we're told about it. So if I can choose to believe that, if I can choose to believe that, that, that my Savior was born of a virgin, if I can choose to believe that, then I can choose to believe that it is his plan uh, for me to have a good life. I can I can believe that, that, that healing belongs to me. I can believe that deliverance belongs to me. I can choose to believe that a good marriage belongs to me. I can choose to believe that I have more than enough to provide for me and my family and to still have enough to give to those in need. I can choose to believe that I can be self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Believing is a choice. And that's why Jesus used to say to his, to his disciples and to the people that he was interacting with all the time, he said, can you believe? Because the question wasn't, can I do it for you? Jesus was like, it's not, can I heal you? I know I can heal you. Can you believe I can heal you? Because to who, to, because whatever you choose to believe, then all those things you believe become available to you. So believing is powerful and it's a choice. And that's why Pastor and I say all the time, you can't talk us out of some things because we've chosen to believe it. I, I choose to believe the word of God. So if something comes up in my life that is contrary to the word of God, I make another decision. I choose not to agree with it. You have to choose to believe. You know, and one of the challenges that we have is that we have um, a lot of people who love church, but they don't love the word. So people who can enjoy the singing, people who can enjoy the shouting, people can who can enjoy the fellowship, but they've never taught themselves to enjoy the word, to love the word. It's the reason that you have people who shouting all over the church. And then as soon as it's time for the preach word, what they're doing is they got to run to the bathroom 20 times. They're falling asleep. All of this stuff because they don't have a love relationship with the word because they don't understand it's not the shouting that changes your life. Even if you shout and it changes your life, it's not the shout that did it. It's the word that told you to shout that did it. And so you've got to learn to love the word. And how do you learn to love anything? You spend time with it. And if you really believe that the word is your life, then people don't have to beg you to study the word. People don't have to beg you um, 
to um, take notes, to go over your notes. And one of the things I've always loved about this ministry is that because Pastor Edwin is an educator and he's a teacher, we've always been taught to sit and hear the word for at least an hour. He's always said to us, you're going to go to a movie. You're going to watch that movie for two hours. You're going to watch um, a show. You, you, some of you serial, um, what's it called? Um, when you binge a show and you watch episode after episode after episode. And if you can sit down and watch episode and episode after episode or a four hour football game or a two and a half hour basketball game, then you can learn to love the word of God. And if you learn to love the word of God and it begins to anchor your life, you will see your life begin to align with what God has said about you. It's not that God is holding you in a pattern. It's your, uh, it's your unwillingness to agree with God that has you stuck in the pattern. See, what you got to understand is that God doesn't have any limits except your lack of faith. Because God won't override your will in order to get his blessings into your life. So God needs your participation in order to get his will done in your life. And so if God is saying to you, this is your season, I want healing to manifest, I want finances to manifest, I want your ma your good marriage to manifest, but you're over here lined up with somebody else, ain't no good men, everybody get the flu, everybody going through, then even though God wants those things for you, you can't have those things because you haven't attached your faith to it. I'm going to give you a very practical example. The Bible tells us that it is not the will of God for anyone to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. So God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. God doesn't want anybody not to know Jesus. But what we do know is that there are people who do not know Jesus. Those people do not know Jesus, not because Jesus is hiding himself from them, but because they have chosen not to believe in the need for a savior. Think about this. All you have to do to be saved is to believe the word. You get saved because you believe the word. The moment you believe the word, you get saved. It's why you don't have to be at an altar to get saved. You can get saved in your bathroom. You can get saved in a club on the dance floor. Or all you have to do is believe. The moment you believe that you receive, you are saved. Now, there are all these other people who aren't saved because even though they've heard, they've rejected well, every form of salvation, not just eternal salvation, but every form of salvation is going to come in a form of hearing the word and then receiving the word and choosing to believe that word. So in the same way that you have accepted Jesus as your personal savior, that's the same way you have to believe God about your health. That's the same way you have to believe God about your relationship. That's the same way you have to believe God about your finances. You have to choose to believe so that the supernatural power of God becomes active in your life. All right, I want us to go to 1 Peter, the first chapter and the 23rd verse. 1 Peter, first chapter, the 23rd verse, okay? And I want to encourage you, those of you who don't have a Bible, man, go get you a Bible and get you a Bible that you can read. Don't worry about whether it's King James or not. Just make sure that you can understand it. King James is an interpretation anyway. Jesus didn't even speak English. So don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in being able to understand the word of God. 
Amen. So in 1 Peter 1 and 23, it says, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It says that you and I are born again, not of a corruptible seed. Something that can be contaminated, but of an incorruptible seed that cannot be contaminated. And then it tells you what this incorruptible seed is. The word of God. It says you're born again by the word of God. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Literally, the word of God is so powerful that once you believe it and you believe that Jesus is your savior, you become someone you never were before. Your spirit man awakens to God and now you are what you were not were you what you weren't before simply because of the word of God. The word of God has power. If I was in church right now, I would tell you to turn and tell your neighbor the word has power. Go ahead and hashtag that for me. The word has power. The word of God has power. The word has power. The word has power. The power to save your soul. The power to make you whole. The power to get you out of debt. The power to heal your body. The power to bring you a spouse. The power to get you a new job. The power to help you feed the hungry. The power to help you go to Africa. The word has power. And there is no limit to the power of the word of God. Amen. Listen, this is real talk. We laugh about this, but this is how we preach to each other at home, man, because we just believe the word. And I know that some of you are saved and you love Jesus, but you've never made a decision to get that word so deep in your heart that it starts oozing out of your mouth. That when they tell you that you can't get the house, you remind yourself that God already told you that the house was yours and you believe that you receive it and that it's already done. And you're not exactly sure how God is going to do it, but you believe that it's already done because he said it. See, the, see, as a believer, it's not my job to make it come to pass. It's my job to believe that it's already done so I can get in partnership with God to have what he already said about me. See that? It's not my job to make it come to pass. I'm not making the word come to pass. I'm just connecting my faith to what God already wants to do so that God can do what he's already done. Amen. Amen. You want to give that, that word that you had? Is that what you were looking at? Sure. So on last week, um, one of the things that we shared was a word that the Lord gave to the partners of FOC, but I believe it's a word uh, for anyone who will grab hold to what God is saying. Listen, when Pastor Sean talks about the, the word has power, the word has power, but but it's, it's, it's what I call potential power. It doesn't become power for you until you put your faith with it. Yes. See, you don't, you don't just, you don't, you don't believe God um, and then not do anything. Your believing is always going to cause you to have action. So if God says to me, hey, this is going to be your best year ever, then my next question is, okay, Lord, what does that look like and what's the part that I play in it? Mm -hmm. The Bible will tell you in a heartbeat, you can say you have faith, but if you don't have works to go along with that faith, then your faith becomes dead. And so here's a word, I'm going to share this real quick, but here's a word that the Lord uh, shared with us last week, and I believe 
believe that it is it is it is it is God's uh, sounding trumpet to get us to a place where we learn to hear what He's saying and just receive it. Here's what He said: It said a breakthrough has been made available for you. Amen. Now, if I was at church, I would tell somebody turn and touch three people and tell them I got a breakthrough coming. I got a breakthrough because I'm telling you, the Lord said it's already been made available yes. for you. He says, I just need you to rejoice at what you see with your eyes of faith. He says, I need you to rejoice with, with what you see with your eyes of faith. In other words, whatever you're believing God for, don't wait until it shows up in the natural before you become excited about it. The moment God says it to you, you've got to see it with your eyes of faith. That's what's going to cause you to actually take action to do the things God tells you to do because you've already seen the manifestation with your eyes of faith. He says, I need you to use your eyes of faith to see what I have promised. He says, instead of looking at what you see with your natural eyes. Listen, I say to people all the time, the, the, there, is, there is one thing that the Lord gave us that is great in one area, but can be bad in another, and that is our senses. You and I need our five senses. I need to know that if I touch that stove, it's going to be hot. I need to have my eyes. I need to see that when I'm crossing the street, I call is coming so I don't just walk out there and get hit. But at the same time we cannot live by our five senses. We cannot go by what we see. We have to use our eyes of faith. He says, and I need you to use your eyes of faith and stop looking at things with your natural eyes. He said, because I've already made a breakthrough available to you, Amen. but whether you receive it is going to be based on which eyes you're using. Are you going to be using your eyes of faith or are you going to be using your natural eyes? He then says, it says, do this and then you will see how I have already, if I was at church, I tell somebody shout already. He says how I have already, already uh, ordained heaven to get involved in your life. Think about that. God says something to you. You realize it and before you actually realize it, he's already caused heaven to get involved. Now all you got to do is choose to believe. He says it is then and only then will you see with your eyes of faith and well, it's, it's then and only then will that thing become a reality for you. So Pastor Sean was talking about healing. She's talking about good marriages. She's talking about increase in salary. Whatever she's talking about, all of those things come to pass when you choose to believe. Listen, the word has Power. Amen. That word power Amen. is the word deutimus. It's the same word we get the word dynamite from. When you put the word of God in Ooh, your good. light, it will blow up everything that's trying to stop the blessing. Yes. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. And so you and I make a choice today, right this morning. I know it's over Facebook. I know it's technology, but I'm telling you, there's an anointing yes. going through Facebook right yes. now between us. And I'm telling you that if you will make 
the decision to just be crazy enough to trust God in 2018, he'll do more for you than you have ever dreamed because he's already made available a breakthrough and he's already gotten heaven involved on our behalf. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. I love that he said that. It says that the word is like dynamite. So that dynamite, when you plant it in your heart, it will blow up everything that doesn't deserve mm -hmm. to be in your life. That's some good stuff right there. That God put so much power in his word that one scripture about healing can blow up the diagnosis yes. that said you go die. Yes. That one scripture um, about restoration can put back together a relationship that they say should not be able to work out. There's something supernatural that happens when we believe yes. God. I want to I want to say this one thing, and then I want to get back into scripture. But where we get caught up sometimes, the Lord said this to me this morning as I was preparing. He said, "The word is not for debate; it is for transformation." The word is not for debate. It is for transformation. And those of us who walk by faith, we got to be careful not to get into debates and arguments about whether healing is real and speaking in tongues and tithing and all of that stuff. We have to choose to believe the word of God and let it transform us and let our transformation become the testimony. Amen. So many times we're so busy arguing with people and trying to get people to see it like we see it. Jesus never tried to get anybody to see it like he saw it. Jesus just went about doing what he heard the father tell him to do and staying what he told the father to heard him say. He did not spend his time debating with the Pharisees and the Sadducees about whether he had the right to lay hands on the sick and heal them. While they was debating he was healing. While they were arguing he was breaking up the bread and feeding the multitude. The word is for transformation. So I really challenge you, if you're going to live in this season of victory, God, stop arguing with people who don't believe what you believe and just live the word. Just live the word. I don't have to argue with you about tithing. I already know tithing works. I know what we make. I know how we live. I already know it works. I don't have to argue with you about healing. I already been healed. I don't have to debate with you about what I have already experienced with God. Just live the word. Amen. Yes, go Just ahead. Hashtag word. tell somebody Just live the word. word. Just Amen. live the word. Amen. Live the word. The word is not, I wrote it on my piece of paper and put an asterisk by it. The word is not for debate. The word is for transformation. Just live it. Just let the blessing overtake you. Just let God do what he wants to do in your life. And some of the same people who doubted you will come and begin to ask you how to get the word to do that in their life. You got stared and, up. And, and what, what the question becomes is, okay, Pastor Sean, you said, you, you said just live the word. How do I just live the word? You begin to live the word because, number one, you got to first Study the word. Amen. And once you study the word, you can become highly developed in your faith. When you become highly developed in your faith, you begin to live out the word. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word. It says, and the word was with God and God was the word. So here's the thing. If I am going to live out the word, I got to find out what the word is. The word of God. God is faith. 
That's what the word of God is. And so when you and I get to the place where we say, okay, I'm just going to live out the word. How do I live out the word? I learn how to operate in faith. That means I stop going by what I see. I stop listening to the economy. I stop listening to my checkbook. I stop listening to all of those things telling me I can't do what God has told me he's already done. And I choose to live by faith. The Bible says it like three or four times in several different books of the Bible and several different verses. It says the just shall live by faith. Pastor and I say it like this. We just Gonna live by faith. It says the justified, those who have been made righteous, they choose to live by faith. So if we're going to just live the word, we gotta find out what does it mean to live by faith. Here's what I tell you: when we talk about somebody being highly developed, it doesn't matter what area, what arena we talk about. We look at Serena Williams, she is highly developed in the area of tennis, right? That means she has a lot of success where tennis is concerned. We look at Tiger Woods. He's highly developed in swinging that golf club, right? What does that mean? He's highly successful in the in the arena of golf. We look at Michael Jordan. Some some people call him the goat, the greatest of all time. Why? Because he was highly developed on the basketball court. It is time for you and I to become highly developed in faith. Why? So that we can have success in the area of our lives where faith is needed, which is every. Every area of your life. Amen. Amen. Listen, we done stared ourselves up because we just believe the word. We've just seen the testimonies. We've seen the goodness of God. We've got the healings. We've seen the financial breakthrough. We've lived in places that they said we shouldn't be able to live. We've driven things that they said we couldn't drive. We've been able to feed people when it didn't look like there was enough. We just believe the word. So yes, we get excited. And let me tell you something. Anybody who is who gets victory in an area gets excited. Mm -hmm. Anybody who get today, my Steelers are going to play. And if they're winning, I'm going to be cheering because people who are on the winning side um, are excited. That's why if you find yourself going to sleep listening to the word, you don't believe the word is how you win. Because if you believe the word was how you win, you would get excited. Let me calm down and we're going to get two more scriptures. We're going to look at these scriptures. Get your Bible out. Go to Mark 11. And the 22nd chapter, Mark 11, I mean, Mark 11 and the 22nd verse. Oh, yeah, the old saints, Dre said, Dre said the old saints would say, stare it up. That's right. You got to stare it up. You have to stare up your faith. How do you stare up your faith? Faith comes by hearing. So we keep hearing what God is saying. We keep hearing that we're healed. We keep hearing that we deliver. We keep hearing that we're free. And that thing begins to get on the inside of you to such a degree that before you know, the thing that was just a thought, just an idea, a word on a piece of paper becomes your reality. I'll give you an example of it before we jump into Mark 11. In John 1, Pastor Edwin referred to it. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. In between verse 1 and verse 4 and verse 14, there are 42 generations of when Jesus, when God first says that there is going to come a savior and he's going to save the world. And the people just keep declaring that Jesus is coming and they just keep 
keep declaring that Jesus is coming and Abraham is even willing to sacrifice his son because Jesus is coming. And so we could get into that now, but God, the Bible says that Abraham so believed God that even though salvation was not available to him because of his faith, he jumped himself into a place of salvation that he should not have had access to. See, you need to understand that your faith can position you right to the front of the line to get access to something to the, that the people say you should not qualify for. See, that's what faith will do for you. It will cause favor to come on your life and put you in a place that the people say you should not belong to. But you got to trust God more than you trust the people. But anyway, it's 42 generations and the people are declaring Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, and the Messiah is coming. And then fast forward and then the angel appears to a little girl named Mary. And when an angel come, appears to a little girl named Mary, he says to her, he says, you have found favor with God. I want you to understand this. Every time the word illuminates to you, it is proof you have found favor with God. Every time you get a promise from God, it is proof that you have found favor from God. It's the favor to be healed. It is the favor to be righteous. It is the favor to be free from sin. It is the favor to be free from depression. It is the favor to be at peace. Whenever the word begins to speak to you, you, my friend, have found favor. Favor is much more than a parking spot, but it is a parking spot. But favor is when the word begins to speak to you, to tell you that God has chosen you and that he wants to do something great in your life. And I decree and declare that your life is going to be a testimony of the goodness of God and that there is victory all over your life and you are going to win some battles. I declare this to you. You are going to win some battles that it didn't even look like you could win because you've actually lost them before. You lost them before, but you go win them this year. This is your season. It is your time to win in Jesus Christ. Amen. So he comes to, to Mary and he says to Mary, he says, um, you have been chosen by the Lord to have the Messiah. And she says, How, wait, 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 wait. Do, are you at the right house? Do you know that I have never been with the man? How is that possible? And then the angel says to her, he says, the Holy Spirit is going to come up on you and give you what you don't have the ability to get in the natural. And she says something in Luke 1 and 42, I believe it is. She says, be it unto me according to thy word. When God begins to talk to you about things that don't make sense in the natural, you have to begin to declare, be it unto me according to thy word. I don't know how I'm going to get a promotion when they say nobody is getting promoted. I don't know how I'm going to get a bonus. I don't know how I'm going to get healed when they say there is no treatment, but be it unto me according to thy word. That's what Mary said. And immediately, see, there's something about when the word meets a heart full of faith that impregnation takes place. Amen. Immediately 
Immediately, she conceived Jesus. See, even right now, some of you are immediately conceiving some things you couldn't conceive before because you didn't have a heart of faith. That's why you need to go to a church that preaches faith. You don't need a church that preaches problems. You don't need a church that's always talking about how bad it is and how everybody's going to hell. You need a church that says Jesus is the appropriation of sin, that you are set free and you are redeemed. Now, it is time for you to win and live in victory and you got to get in that word and become a student of that word and then just say to the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Whatever you want to do in this season, God, I'm down for it. You looking to increase somebody? I'm your girl. You looking to heal somebody? I'm your girl. You looking for a breakthrough to do in somebody's life? You looking to raise somebody else up as a testimony? I am your girl. Be it unto me according to your word. That's why I said this the other day on my last Facebook Live. Guys, stop talking about trust the process. We don't trust the process. We trust the God of the process. We don't trust the process because the process sometimes is natural and God will use supernatural things in order to supersede the process. We don't trust the process. We trust the God of the process. Turn and tell your neighbor, trust the God of the process. Amen. Trust the God of the process. You want to do Mark 11? I see you got it pulled up. I pulled it up because you said Mark 11, 23. Oh, do you want to talk about it? Sure. Uh, so, so Pastor Sean mentioned Mark eleven twenty three, and here's what it says. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. I like that scripture because it says, for verily I say unto you, whosoever. So when it says whosoever, here's the thing I like about the word of God. Here's the thing I like about faith. It ain't race-based. It ain't gender-based. It ain't wealth-based. It's for whoever wants to get involved with it. If you get involved with the principles of God, God's word will work for you. Amen. We tell people all the time, if you work the word, the word will work. See, here's the thing about God's word. God's word is, un is, is, is unlimited. Faith has unlimited possibilities. There is nothing that you can ever need or desire and faith can't produce for you. The only reason you have a need and a desire that you have not seen met is because you have not yet believed it. Because here's the difference in, in receiving and manifestation. You always have to receive it in the spirit first before you're ever going to see it. In the natural. And most people uh, work, work conversely to that. They want to see it in the natural so then they can go, oh, look what God did. No, 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 no. It's look what God did when God says it. So you say to the mountain, mountain, get out the way. And before you get finished saying it, the mountain has to move. It's whosoever shall say, whosoever shall believe in his heart and not doubt, shall say to the to the mountain. And one, one translation says, to the sick of 
vine tree. Now think about that. He says, you'll say to a tree, get out of the way. And your faith will cause a, a physical tree to unpluck itself and remove itself to another place because your word said it. We talked about this last week. We have to start seeing God as creator. If we begin to see God as creator, we will begin to see ourselves as creator. Listen, we're not putting ourselves on a pedestal when we say that. We are saying about ourselves what God said about us. God says that he and we have joined together. We've been grafted together, so we are one. If God is a creator, then I am a creator. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that we use our words to frame our world. So you and I have got to believe that whatsoever we say comes to pass. Why? Because we are part of the whosoever. Now, there's another scripture in John, 1 John 5 and 4. And here's what 1 John 5 and 4 says. It says, for whatsoever is born of God. Now, notice Mark 11, 23 says whosoever. But 1 John 5, 4 says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. It says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. So how do we get to do all those things Pastor Sean was talking about? We have to become highly developed in our faith. We have to learn to trust God's word. I tell people all the time, what do you have to lose? People be like, well, you know, this is going bad and this is going bad and this is going bad. Maybe it's all going bad. Why don't you just trust and believe God? Because even if you trust and believe God and it doesn't work out, you're not any worse off than what you were. But I promise you, the Bible says that you cannot trust God and end up ashamed. Let me tell you why, and I'm going to give it back to Pastor Sean, but let me tell you why you can't trust God and end up ashamed. Every time you trust God, every time he gives you a word, and every time you obey God, his integrity gets put on the line. Mm -hmm. Every time you obey God, his integrity is challenged, and he has to do what he said. He said it by two immutable things. He swore that he couldn't tell a lie. I know Pastor Sean, I'm going to let him talk about that. But he literally said, he looked, the Bible says he looked all around and he, he looked for something he could swear by and he couldn't find it. So he swore by himself. He said, I will cease being God if I can't do what I say I do. Come on. So every time God gives me an instruction and I obey God, once I have done my part, now his integrity is on the line. God's character is on the line. And watch this. He ain't never failed. He ain't never, ever failed. So you have to get to the place where you can trust and believe God because his integrity is on the line. Amen. Just turn to tell your neighbor and say, God cannot fail. God, God cannot he fail. He cannot lie he and cannot he cannot lie. fail. God, God is not a man that yeah. he should lie. Amen. Yes. God cannot lie and he cannot fail. I want you to look at this scripture in 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter and the 13th verse. 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter and the 13th verse. For those of you who live in Northwest Arkansas and you do not have a church home, you need to join us at Fellowship of Champions on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We meet at the Holiday Inns and Suites on 52nd Street in Rogers. And this is the kind of teaching that goes on all week 
every week. This is what we do. Seeing, teaching people how to win in life. Some of you may have been injured by church. You've been disappointed. This is your set time to start over and to come and be a part of a place where you are going to be taught to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And yes, that is a shameless plug. Come on to FOC and get your whole life changed in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the 13th verse. He says, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. Now, this scripture is really, really important. This is so important. I want you to understand this. Pastor Elwin talked about how he talked about he'll uproot a sycamine tree. And I want to give you some practicality in what that looks like. See, it may be true that you have been diagnosed by the doctor and the therapist with depression and depression has some deep roots in you. But the Bible says that if you will believe that God is the God that eradicates depression and you will begin to speak to depression instead of agreeing with depression, that literally depression will uproot itself up out of your soul and where you used to be depressed, you ought to have joy. Now, if I was at church, I would tell you that what I'm doing is I'm preaching better than you saying amen. I'm trying to get you to understand that it may be true in the natural that you are depressed, but the power of God to bring joy is greater than the power of depression. And if you will begin to decree and declare, I thank you that I'm free from depression. I thank you that my mind is not bound. I thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Then literally, if you would say that in faith, then what would begin to happen is the word would begin to go down and begin to dig up the roots of depression that have attached to you. And then at first, what you're saying may just be words. And that's why you got to be consistent with your confession. See, when you start out making confession, Confessions about being um, pe being at peace when you depress, it seemed like you just talking. When you start out talking about being rich when you broke, it seemed like you just talking. When you start out talking about being pain free when your body is racked with pain, it seems like you're just talking. But if you won't back up off of your confession, literally the word will begin to go in and dig down in the roots of that depression, dig down in the roots of that sickness, dig down in the roots of that um, sickness in your body and uproot it and then what was just a confession will be your life and I just want to decree and declare to those of you who have been struggling with depression it is your set time to be free but you got to break up with depression and stop calling yourself depressed and stop calling yourself sad I'm not telling you to stop going to the counselor I'm not telling you to stop taking the meds I'm telling you that even as you're going to the counselor you ought to be saying Lord I thank you that my mind is free from depression I thank you that I am not bail. I thank you that I will not be sad all the days of my life. I thank you that Jesus has already died on the cross to break these bondages of depression on my life. I thank you that I am free to have joy. I am free to enjoy my life. I am free to be whole. I am free to laugh. I am free to be at peace. See, because there's nothing wrong with getting a diagnosis. You just can't let the diagnosis trump what Jesus said. You may have been diagnosed, but Jesus can transform you. You don't have have to stay bound to what they said about you. Whatever they said about you, they're just practicing. But God made you and he didn't make you with depression. So then the word will remake you and dig up what used to be have hold on you and then before you know it, when you used to be sad, you'll be in joy. You'll yes, be in peace yes, because yes, the word has yes, power. Yes. The word has power. Yes. And I don't care if people think I'm crazy. 
crazy. I've seen too much. I've seen too many people be set free. I've seen too many people be delivered. I got too many testimonies of my own to just pretend like the word is some intellectual document like Edgar Allan Poe. To just pretend like it's just like something that Shakespeare wrote. No, baby. I don't care what translation you read it in. This word has power. It has power. It can free you. There is no bondage that you can be in that the word cannot free you from. My goodness. And the Bible says, so we believe, therefore we speak. What's coming out of your mouth? You may feel sad, but what's coming out of your mouth? You may look broke, but what's coming out of your mouth? Your body may be racked with pain, but what is coming out of your mouth? Because the Bible says we having the same spirit of faith. What same spirit of faith? The spirit of faith that David had, the spirit of faith that Jesus had, the spirit of faith that Abraham has. He says we have the same spirit of faith, so we say what? God said, and I want to give you guys some advice. One of the best things you could do in your life is you could train yourself that when you can't agree with God to shut your mouth. Some of you have literally put yourself in a chain because you agree with the devil and the world instead of agreeing with your God. But it is your set time to get free. For those of you who've been struggling with depression, I dare you to just start saying, I'm free from depression. I'm not bound. I'm not bound. I refuse to be bound when Jesus set me free. I refuse to be broke when Jesus had provision for me. I refuse to be sick when Jesus healed me. I refuse to say it's not working when God said it's working for my good. Listen, I want to say this, then I'm going to give it back to Pastor Elwin. This is why you got to be careful. Now, everybody who follows me on social media, you know that I'm an activist. And I'm always going to call out when injustice is done. But I'm always going to believe what God said, even when injustice is going on. So let me give you a practical example. And if you notice this, you go back to any man, Pastor Ellen Post. People say things like, I could be Trayvon Martin. You ought not ever make that confession. What you ought to say is that what I believe, I know that there is injustice in the world and we need to fix it. But I trust God to preserve my sons. I send forth angels over to guard their life. My sons will not be Trayvon Martin. See, you got to make sure that when you're fighting for justice and when you're watching what's going on in the world, you don't begin to align with what's going on in the world. Jesus never came into alignment with what's going on in the world. He stayed in alignment with the Father. So you got to stay in alignment with the Father even as you try to fight justice for justice, even if you try to fight for equality. You can't get caught up and now you living in fear and every time you see the police, you go know the favor of God is on my life. When I see the police, they favor me. They help me. They assist me. That curse shall not come nigh me. You got to believe God. Listen, take this thing back. No. <laughs> Listen, you got to believe God. I trust God for my kids' life. We have a promise. It says he has given us giving angels charge over us lest we dash our foot against the stone. My sons go always come home. My daughters go always come home because the blood is stronger than any curse against them. The blood is stronger than any attack against them. So yes, I stand and say there's injustice and we need to stand against it, but what I'm never going to do is bring my confession into death over my children because I'm afraid. I'm not giving into fear because Jesus is bigger than their, than their oppression and their inequality and their racist beliefs. 
That's how you got to walk this thing as a believer. You got to learn how to stay in faith no matter what is going on. So for some of you, that means you need to back up away from some of that stuff because your soul is starting to get tainted and you're not sure whether you really believe God is still doing breakthrough because you're so focused on what it is that you can see. Don't you ever get convinced that what God is saying doesn't trump what it is that they're saying. Yes, we see what they're doing, but we stand in authority as believers against what they're doing. We don't come into agreement with it. Amen. Stay in faith. Tell your neighbor, stay in faith. You got something else? You go ahead. Uh-uh. Come on. And then we can you can do those two immutable things, and then we can do the five things. No, I mean, I think I mean, you know, I told Pastor Sean when she got started, she should just do the Facebook Live. I knew she was gonna get uh, excited because you can't, you can't get, ex you can't not be excited when you love the word. Now people may display that differently, but you, but if you begin to speak the word of God over your life, it does something to your physical body. That that's the reason that when people are depressed, you shouldn't sit around in a dark room drinking a glass of, of red wine and listen to Sa to Sade, to what's her name? Sade. You you need to get up. You need to 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 turn the lights on. You need to. Begin to speak and declare what God has said about you. The problem for so many Christians, though, is that they don't know what the Lord has said about them because they don't spend time in his word. I've said to people for years, how do I know what my wife is going to say before she ever says it? Because I spent so much time with her. I have spent so much time with her. I know what she's going to say. I know how she sounds. If we're in a crowd and she calls my name and she says strict, I know what that sounds like as opposed to anybody else saying it because I spent time with her. I cannot tell you how important it is as a believer yes. that you, not your pastor, not the missionary, not the deacons, not the elders, you must spend time in the word of God. You must know what God is saying to you. God's voice should be so distinctive to you that you pick it out just like you could your child in a crowd. But you don't, that doesn't happen if you don't spend time with God. You've got to spend time with Him. And here's the thing the more time you spend with Him, the more time you'll want to spend with Him. Mm -hmm. It's not just about reading the Bible. I tell people all the time I don't read my Bible per se every day. I don't sit down and read through Scripture every day. But I'm communicating with God daily and not just once a day. I mean, throughout the day. It's a conversation in the same way that my wife and I. I may talk in the morning before I go to work. We talk at lunch. We talk in the afternoon. We messaging each other. Listen, if God was on Facebook, he would be my number one friend in my inbox. See you first. understand? He would be I, I, I mean, he would be the first. Why? Because everything in my life is based off my communication with God. Now, one of the things that, that Pastor Sean was talking about was over there in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 18. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. I can't stress to you. We, we say this all the time. If God doesn't help us, we go we fail. Anyway. In fact, you ought to go ahead and, 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 and hashtag we need God's help. We Just hashtag God's help. we need God's help. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how extensive your network is. I don't care what school you matriculated from. I don't care who your parents are or what your pedigree is. If God doesn't help you, you will fail. And so one of the things that we talk to each other about all the time is this word that was in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 18. 
18. It says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie so that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. You and I, when we are believers, should be filled with hope. Mm -hmm. I described last week what hope is, and here's how we defined it. We said that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. When you and I have faith in God, there should always be an expectation that something's going to happen. It's the reason that when we go to church, we never expect church to be the exact same as it was the week Amen. before. We don't know sometimes what God's going to do. Sometimes we have a plan to show up and, and do our confessions and sing some songs and preach the word and the Holy Spirit will absolutely just take over the service and we may not do any of those things. Why? Because God God is alive and we respond to him as a living God. And so when we, when God tells us to do something, we're expecting there to be a result. Pastor mm -hmm. said this earlier. She says something supernatural always happens when you. Now here's what we say. When you give, when you pray, when you obey. Something supernatural always happens when you give, when you pray, and when you obey. And so if you are believing God to have something great happen in your life on this week. Commit to doing those three things. Be, be a person who, who loves to pray. Prayer is not just you telling God about all your problems. That, that, that's, that, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is communication. Communication means that sometimes you're going to stop talking. You're going to be quiet and you're going to hear what the Lord has to say to you. And you're just going to sit and listen. You know what? I dare you on this week to turn your radio off for five or ten minutes of your drive and just listen and hear what God has to say. Mm -hmm. I tell people this all the time. God is what, Sean? Always speaking. Always. God is always speaking. It's like the radio station. They're, they are Your favorite radio station is playing a song right now. You may not be able to hear it, but they're playing it. Why can't you hear it? Because you're not on the right frequency. Sometimes in life, we get so busy, we get off the right frequency. And it's like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that. It's because you got to get all the noise out of your ears and out of your head and tune in to the right frequency frequency because God is always speaking to us. He's always talking to us. And here's the great thing. He cannot lie. Yes. He cannot lie. Whatever God says, it settles it. It is settles it. God never God has never made a promise he hadn't been able to keep. Amen. He has never ever made a promise he hadn't been able to keep. In fact, the Bible says that you and I can trust God's word by looking outside because the Bible says that he made a covenant that as long as the earth remained, that there would be daytime and nighttime. Yes, Lord. And if you can follow that every 24 hour cycle, there is a daytime and a nighttime, that means everything else God said is still standing. Come on. So whatever promise God made you, even if you don't see it, at nighttime is the moon shining. In the daytime, can you see the sun? Because if you can, then that means that the promise God made you is still available today. Amen. Amen. I think that's really good.
I want to ask you this. Not even do you know that even when you can't see the sun, it's still shining. It's still shining. It's still shining. So just because you can't see what God has said That's doesn't good. mean that it's not there. Because when we fly a lot of the times, we leave northwest Arkansas and it's cloudy. And then we think it's cloudy all over. But then you get up above the clouds and you see the sun is shining. See, your faith will lift you yes. up above your circumstances yes. so you can yes. see what God is doing. But if you just hang around in this low level of average thinking with average people with average mindsets where we not going to make it and we don't know what we're going to do you're never going to soar to be able to see what God is doing. Listen we've been on here for an hour but so I just want to give you, we're going to give you these five steps that you can accept, you can expect when you're in faith um, this past Edwin baby so I'm going to let him do those for you. We're going to end up with a confession and then those of you who are partners you can go ahead and take your push pay and go ahead and give. Those of you who want to be partners or you want to sow this morning we have a push pay app where you can go to the website and you can give. Uh, but Pastor Ellen is going to give you these five things. If you don't write down anything else we say today, there are some things you can expect from God when you get in faith and I want you to write them down and whatever God is saying to you um, like as he teaches those things, if you're believing God to be free from depression, you ask God to give you these things. If you're believing God for a financial breakthrough, you ask God. If you're believing God for purpose or destiny or whatever you need in this season that's going to produce victory in your life, as he's teaching you these things, write them down and begin to ask God to give you some instruction because God does want you to live in victory. Amen. And so one of the things that we teach we live it. We live it, but we teach it because it was one of the things that we began to implement into our lives that caused us to start seeing the things we were believing for to come to pass. Most of you know I'm an educator, and as an educator, you know, uh, I, I love uh, preaching as much as the next person. I love a good hoop. I love a good shout. I can't do either, but I love to hear preachers who can do it. But the thing that always frustrated me was that when they got through hooping, when they got through shouting, what was I supposed to do? And I remember saying to God, God, it's got to be more than just the excitement. There's got to be something that allows me to, 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 to have the things I'm believing for come to pass in my life. And I know God doesn't have a problem with being strategic uh, because you can look in nature and see how strategic God is. Uh, God God sets things in order, uh, things we still find out about the human body God created. So we know he's a strategic and organized God. And so one of the things that we came across was this understanding of the five faith expectations, five faith expectations, the five things that you can believe God for when you act out in faith. And so number one, so Pastor Sean said to write these down. So I'll slow down just a little bit for those of you who want to uh, jot down a few notes. But the number one thing when you are in faith that you can ask and believe God for, number one is a plan of action. A plan of action. Pastor Sean was talking about this 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 spirit of depression, and you know I, she kept mentioning and mentioning. And I'm telling you, I don't know who's all on here. I don't know who's listening. I don't know who will listen to this. But what I can tell you is that depression is not from God. Depression doesn't belong to you. Stop saying your depression. Stop saying. Stop. Stop claiming it. In fact, I declare in the name of Jesus that depression is going to be gone off of your life after listening to this broadcast. 
podcast. You are never going to suffer with it again in Jesus name. And for those of you who when the enemy tries to bring it back to your remembrance, I want you to remind him that you got delivered on this broadcast. And so any depression that's trying to come your way, send it back to him. He can take it back to hell with him. It doesn't belong to you. Amen. How does that work? You number one, you get a plan of action. You say, God, when this, when the enemy brings depression my way, what do you want me to do? Amen. And here's why you have to ask God, because that could look different for 10 people who are all dealing with depression. What God tells them to do could be 10 different things. And there's nothing wrong with finding out what other people are doing, but God has a, spe a specific and strategic plan for you. So number one, when you're in faith, you can expect a plan of action. What's a plan of action? It's an organized program of measures to be taken in order to achieve a desire desired goal. Lord, what do you want me to do the next time depression comes? Lord, what do you want me to, how do you want me to respond? The Lord may, the, listen, sometimes we try to be so deep. The Lord may say to you, the next time you're depressed and that depression comes on you, I want you to get up and I want you to play some music and dance. And you're thinking in your mind, why in the world would I do that? Listen, Naaman didn't know why the Lord would tell him to go down to that dirty, <laughs> nasty Jordan River and dip his body in it seven times. But the Bible says, when he obeyed, the leprosy left him Amen. and that the skin on his body came back as a newborn baby. Listen, does it matter why you do it if you get delivered? Come on. Does it matter why you do it? Does it matter how you do it if you get delivered? Learn to trust God and not to outthink what he's telling you to do. Amen? Number two, once you, when you are in faith, once you get a plan of action, the thing you can believe God for is wisdom wisdom. Now, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. A lot of people have a whole lot of knowledge. And let me just parenthetically insert this while I'm talking to you. Having revelation doesn't do anything without action. Amen. Revelation with, with, with no action only produces frustration. Let me help you. When I, when I, what do I mean when I say that? You can have a revelation that there is food in your kitchen to eat. But if you lay in the bed and you never go get that food to eat, you can actually starve to death knowing that you had food available. So it doesn't matter that you know what God said if you don't act on what God told you to do. So revelation without action is just going to produce frustration. So you got to ask God, what is the wisdom that I need? Here's the information. Here's the knowledge. God may say, I want you to talk to uh, your professor at the university. But then you also need to know when should I talk to the professor at the university? What you probably don't want to do is bust up in the middle of class while they're in a lecture saying, hey, the Lord told me to talk to you. See, <laughs> that's knowledge, but it's not wisdom. You got to learn the difference between the two. God says, I'll give you a plan of action and I'll give you wisdom. And then number three Here's what Pastor Sean talked about. Whenever, we in whenever we're in faith, we can expect favor. We can always expect the favor of God to be active in our life. Favor uh, is, is God's approval and support. It, it means it's, it's when he gives us preferential treatment. Uh, he shows us an act of kindness beyond what is natural. 
See, uh, Bishop Jakes kind of coined the phrase, I believe it was, favor ain't fair. Well, favor may not be fair, but watch this. It's available to everybody. Amen. It may not be fair, but it is available to everybody. So when you are in faith, you can ask God for a plan of action. You can believe God for wisdom and you can believe God for favor to be on your life. Favor will do more for you than money could ever do. Amen. Amen. There are times in your life where money won't get you what you need, but favor will. Amen. And so the Lord says he will cause people who can help you to come into your path. And sometimes they don't even know why they help you. They'll help you and then years later be like, I don't even know why I helped them. They don't. They don't know why, but the Lord has a way of touching the hearts of people to get to you what you need. Remember, when you act in obedience, God's integrity is on the line. So God will move and do whatever he has to do to get to you what you need. Amen. Number four, the fourth thing that you can believe for when you are in faith is what we call a miracle. Now, you can't always predict a miracle, but you can always believe God for one. There are so many ways that God works in people's lives, and, and, and we, can't, we don't always know how it's going to be, but we can always trust God for a miracle. Sometimes I think people get afraid of miracles, but miracles are just a supernatural uh, response of God to your situation. So you can all, I love when people say there's no way that can happen. No one's ever done that before. It's never been done. It's impossible. God specializes in the impossible. God loves situations that come up that he gets to do something so that it can't be explained by any other measure except to say, that was God. And so number four, we can trust and believe God for a miracle. And then number five, our fifth faith expectation. Remember, number one, we can play a plan of action. Number two is wisdom. Number three, uh, we said was favor. Number four was a miracle. Number five, you got to have strength to endure until change comes. I wish I was in church right now. I tell you, touch your neighbor and tell him, have some stick to itness. You got to learn to have some stick to itness. That means you can't give up every time it gets difficult, every time it gets hard. I don't know why the church wants to tell people that if they come to church, everything going to be all right. No, no, no. Everything will end all right, but there are going to be some tough times along the way. Being a believer does not exempt you from life's problems. Being a Christian doesn't mean tough times won't come your way. The difference is as believers, we have the ability to overcome those tough times. We have the the ability uh, that when tough times come to rise above them. Because remember, our faith is unlimited. So you got to know that in those five areas, those five faith expectations, I can, I, I got to maintain those five faith expectations in whatever I'm doing, whether it's, whether it's battling depression, whether it's battling cancer, whether it's dealing with money issues, relationship issues, uh, whatever it is that you're facing in your life, you have to be able to stay in faith and you got to have the strength to endure until change comes. Amen. Those are some good things and we just live by that. I just want to wrap up and make some confessions with you guys. 
Listen, we love confessions, baby. We are just, we just, we believe in speaking the word. You just got to speak the word. And you got to give people in your life permission to call you out when you're not speaking the word, right? You have to give people in your life permission to call you out when you're not speaking the word. If you're believing God for healing, then when you start talking about my sickness, there ought to be people in your life to go, wait a minute, I thought you already been delivered from that. Why would you call something yours that you already been delivered for? When Pastor Ellen was giving his five faith expectations and he was talking about a plan of action one of the things that the Lord came for me specifically with people with depression um, is that I felt like the Lord was saying that you need to pray about some things that you're maybe holding on to that you need to let go of and what I mean by that is that they may actually be physical things maybe physical things that an old boyfriend gave you or an old girlfriend gave you or something that brings up pain or something for you and it's time for you to release those because those things are connected you to that depression. Listen, when the relationship is over, you got to let it go. You got to move on so that you can receive what God has had for you. Maybe you got disappointed. Maybe it's a job. Maybe something happened and you're just holding on to some physical reminder of it. Go ahead and let that thing go so you can be free. Where is that confession you just had pulled up? Okay, so we're going to make this confession. Make confessions every day. Teach your kids to make confessions. One of the things that we say with our kids every day on the way to school, these two things, we say, I am anointed to learn and my teachers are anointed to teach me. I am anointed to learn and my teachers are anointed to teach me. I am ready to learn and my teachers are ready to teach me. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. If we don't say anything else, that's something that we say every day. So we're going to make a couple of confessions as we wrap up. We want to thank you guys for being with us. We know that some of you guys, you really dug in there and, and stuck in the word because you aren't typically used to um, sticking that long. And so Ralph has just put up the podcast where you can look at the messages and previous messages. I saw that Don asked for messages on faith. If you go to our website, the link to the podcast, you can probably find a message on any subject that you want, but particularly faith because we talk about faith a lot. But let's go ahead and make this confession. You can just say it right after me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare that I have that I have a blood bought right, a blood bought right to answer prayer. To answer prayer, the word of God, the word of God is my guarantee. Is my guarantee, Father, Father, by faith, by faith, supplication, supplication, and with thanksgiving, and with thanksgiving, I can make my request known to you. I can make my request known to you. You hear the. You you hear the prayers of the righteous. You hear the prayers of the righteous. And you answer them. And you answer them. Your eyes are on me. Your eyes are on me. And your ears are open to hear my prayers. And your ears are open to hear my prayers. I am connected to Christ Jesus. I am connected to Christ Jesus. And I am anointed. And I am anointed. In everything I do. In everything I do. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. Because I abide in you. Because I abide in you. And your word abides in me. And your word abides in me. I see the manifestation. I see the manifestation of answered prayer. Of answered prayer. When I speak your word, when I speak your word, it does not return. It does not return without accomplishing. Without accomplishing what you sent it to do. What you sent it to do. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that I walk in favor. That I walk in favor with you. With you and with man. And with man. Wherever I go. Wherever I go. And whatever 
I do. And whatever I do. Your favor goes before me. Your favor goes before me. The effectual fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer. Of a righteous person. Of a righteous person. Avails much. Avails much. Therefore. Therefore. I believe. I believe. I receive. I receive. What I pray for. What I pray for. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to do one more confession. So I'll, I'll make this next confession. And this is confession uh, about us having faith. Amen. Pastor talked a lot about that. She just did a confession about answered prayer. And so how do we know our prayers get answered? Because we believe God. So say this with me or say this after me. Say, I have. I have. Unlimited faith. Unlimited faith. Say, my faith. My faith. Is growing. Is growing. Exceedingly. Exceedingly. And flourishing. And flourishing. With phenomenal growth. With phenomenal growth. Say, it has. It has. No limits. No limits. In range. In range. Or scope. Or scope. Say, I act. I act. With unlimited freedom. With unlimited freedom. Without reservation. Without reservation. Or exception. Or exception. Say, my faith. My faith. Is limitless. Is limitless. It cannot. It cannot be entirely. Be entirely consumed. Consumed or used up. Or used up. It is ever increasing. It is ever increasing and growing greatly. And growing greatly. More and more. More and more. All the time. All the time. Until it is greatly enlarged. <laughs> until it is greatly enlarged and unlimited. And unlimited in its capacity. In its capacity to obtain results. To obtain results. Say I can never reach. I can never reach the greatest possible degree. The greatest possible degree of my faith. Of my faith. Say, I go beyond. I go beyond. All. All. Acceptable bounds. Acceptable bounds. So there are no limits. There are no limits. To my faith's ability. To my faith's ability. Say, my faith. My faith. Is not small. Is not small. In range. In range. Or scope. Or scope. Say, I have. I have. Unlimited. Unlimited success. Success. See, I have been placed. I have been placed in a ministry. In a ministry with partners. With partners and friends. And friends who also have. Who also have unlimited faith. Unlimited faith and who believe. And who believe in unlimited success. Unlimited success. Say, I am not limited. I am not limited to just a few opportunities. To just a few opportunities. I have. Un I have unrestricted use. I have unrestricted use of my faith. Of my faith. No one. No one can place a limit on me can place a limit on me and no one and no one can limit the time it takes the time can limit the time it takes for my faith for my faith to manifest for my faith to manifest God's promise God's promise in my life in my life say I cannot I cannot be confined be confined or fixed or fixed by outside sources by outside sources amen 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 it's so important for you to make your faith confessions every single day that faith confession will be on the website. The one that I read is actually on the website right now under answer uh, under answer prayer. I encourage you to get you some confessions to get to. You can take some of these scriptures that we use today and make your own confessions. Once again, we want to challenge you. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and you don't have a church home, come on over to Fellowship of Champions, a church teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience victory in every area of life. Partners, we thank you again for um, getting online with us this morning and sharing this live um, broadcast and we pray that it's going to go all over the nation. That's what we declare over this. It's going to go all over the world. It's going to touch people all
all over the world. And so we just pray God's best for you. Want to remind you, partners, that you can give through Push Pay. Those of you who aren't partners but want to be or want to sow into this ministry, you can go to focchurch.com and you can give or you can download the Push Pay app and you can give through that as well. We are so excited about what God is doing. We believe that it is your season, that it is your time to live your absolute best life. As we wrap up, we want to just encourage you. If you enjoyed this, please, please, please give us lots and lots of hearts, lots and lots of hearts. Please share it one more time in Louis. A welcome. It reached all the way to Louisiana this morning. Praise the Lord. Way to go. Thanks, Shauna, for joining us this morning. Hey, shout out your city. Let us know where you are as we get ready to wrap up. I love that. As we get ready to wrap up, hashtag I love the word, I love the word, or I walk by faith, either one of them and the rest of you, tell us where you are listening from today, where you watch from today. We already have Shauna who listened from, who watched live from Louisiana. We got Don from Maryland. Woo woo! You know, I love DMV, Maryland. So we got Louisiana, Maryland. We know we got a lot of Arkansas. We love you too, Victoria. Thank you so much. We got Conway, Arkansas, Rogers, Arkansas. Oh, Mesquite, Texas in the house. Dre from the Chi-Town, Bentonville. I love the word. Amen. While you guys are shouting out your city, I uh, just want to remind you or tell some of you, Fellowship of Champions, uh, we do have an app. Uh, you can go to the, if you're on Android, you can go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store. It is Champions with the number four, Champions for Life. Uh, you'll see the FOC app. The reason you want to get that app is because literally it puts everything in the palm of your hand. Our website is there. Uh, the links to this Facebook is there. Uh, our Sunday teachings are there. Uh, if you want to be a partner of the ministry uh, and sow into what we're doing financially, you can do that. Uh, you, one of the things you'll see on our app that's different than a lot of people, you won't, you won't be able to buy any messages. Uh, and, and Pastor Sean and I have decided that we want to bless people with the word. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong if people are doing that. But on our particular FOC app, you can go and almost unrestricted download all of the word uh, that you want to. Um, yep, the Champions for Life uh, is the is the app, Champions for Life. Uh, and, and that app just gives you the opportunity to not have to go to four or five different places to access all the things we're doing. So uh, keep shouting out your city. Listen, if you enjoyed the broadcast, let us know. Uh, it's always good to get feedback. You can do it here in the Facebook Live, or you can even go to the group uh, that we're doing it in from our Fellowship of Champions page. Uh, give us a rating. You know, let us know how you how you like the message and 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 we want to stay connected to you we may be doing some of these uh we talked about doing some of these on wednesday nights maybe uh you, you just never know so uh just keep us keep let us know how you enjoyed it and if you don't like it you just don't have to watch next time but i mean <laughs> just if we're not for you we just not for you that's okay but i saw lawrenceville kansas i saw um what did i, I want to say right cucamonga california so we went from coast to coast today all right we california, california to, DC. to dc yes 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 kansas 
law, um, Texas, Chicago, we did pretty good. Okay, so our goal is to get more people, and we are going to do a Wednesday night. Yeah, we people, are people have been asking for Wednesday nights, and the great thing about it is that if we do it at a consistent time, uh, you know, there are people who, who are not able to come uh, to Fellowship of Champions because they don't live here. But, I mean, you know, you live in California. That's a long drive. That's a long uh, drive, right. <laughs> And so, but this is a way for us to continue to encourage people. You know, we're not doing this to try to monetize anything, but we we believe that God wants people to live a good life. And, uh, and, and so we just want to encourage people in doing that. Miami, Florida. Senator Joe Mixon, thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, Miami, I bet the weather's a lot nicer down there than it is here today. Ooh. I feel the Lord calling the FOC Miami. I'm going to go lunch. Don, we appreciate that. She says, if I live there, I will come. We would love to have you too. Florida. Florida, yes. yes. I feel like the Lord got ministry in Florida. <laughs> yes, God. New location in Florida. All right. We want to pray with you guys, and then we're going to get out of here because Pastor Emma made me do this Facebook Live. I'm going to make him take me to lunch. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Yes. Yes. A amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. And um, Andre said yes. All right. We want to just pray for you. Father God, we thank you for the people who listen, the people who will listen. We thank you that we do believe the word. We have heard the word. It has been planted in our hearts. Our hearts are good soil, and there will be a harvest off of the word that we have heard. Father, we thank you that the word is going forth now to break up anything that's not like you, bringing us into a place, a total victory in every area of our life. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. We pray right now, if there's anybody on this broadcast who has not made Jesus the Lord of their lives, that they will recognize their need for him and that they would accept him even as they're listening now for your grace, for your favor and your protection over this week. You thank, We thank you that you have already provided everything that we need in Jesus' name. Amen. If you gave your life to Jesus on the broadcast today, if you rededicated your life to Jesus on the broadcast, you can shoot us a message right here on this. Um, If you send it, a message to the fellowship, right? We love you guys. It looks like it's going out. It look, oh, so let me just say that again because it went, it, on my end, it looked like it went out. If you gave your life to Jesus, then you can um, send us a message and let us know. If you rededicated your life, if you have any prayer requests, we'll be happy to pray for you. We love you guys. Share the broadcast. FOC partners, don't forget that you.